Good afternoon and welcome to the City View podcast. Me, Andy Sylvester, in the City AM newsroom. In words that I never thought I would say on this podcast, Europe is once again at war. Late last night, Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine with Russian forces engaged in on-the-ground fighting on what appears to be a path to Kiev. Whilst Russian missiles have been fired at cities across the Ukraine, including Lviv, just 40 miles from the Polish border. Vladimir Putin said late last night that any Western nations minded to intervene would see consequences the like of which they have never seen before. Hard to interpret that as anything but a threat of serious retaliation from what remains a nuclear power. As we record this, there are increasing reports of Russian military activity across the country, including at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. There are also reports that Russia has effectively uh, neutralised Ukraine's air defences. Unsurprisingly, markets pretty badly spooked, whilst global energy markets are also reacting. Um, I'm joined by Jack Barnett, our economics and markets correspondent, and Nicholas Earle, our energy correspondent, as we try and make sense of a crazy day. Jack, let's start with you. Markets started in the red, and it hasn't really got better. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, on days like this, it's, it's you know, it seems quite um, glib to be talking about markets, but obviously, we do need to cover it. Um, you know, it's very much a sea of red across the board um, in the continent, London and Wall Street as well. Just some of the numbers um, from that. The FTSE 100 is down 3.5%, 250 is down 2.6%. Um, the stock 600, which is the pan-European wide um, index, is down over 3%. Um, and then across the pond, um, the Dow is down one8 the S&P down 1.19. So, you know, this news overnight which broke, which obviously investors have woken up to today, is it really has spooked people. Um, mm. Geopolitical risk has not been in the risk calculation for quite some time amongst <laughs> investors, and it, you know, very much is now there. Mm. And it shows what a, what a, quite a large driver it can be for markets. Um, and I think it's just, it really has triggered a flight back into safe haven. So I think you've got gold up quite substantially today. Um, yields on US treasuries, which are always a good indicator as to how worried investors are about um, trajectory of stocks um, are up as well. So, mm. yeah, not a, it's an extremely risk-off session and probably is going to get worse as well. Mm, risk-off session. And, of course, what we are awaiting now from Boris Johnson, from the European Union, uh, from the United States is information on what sanctions will be put in place uh, as a result of Russia's aggression late last night. It's evident that there is no desire for putting boots on the ground. Um understandable, perhaps, um, but clearly economic sanctions are in the way. There are already reports of splits within the European Union about how far those sanctions should go with particular regard to uh, gas and to Russia's access to the SWIFT banking mm. system, which essentially, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, but it's essentially a messaging system that global banks use to, to sign off payments, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of just like a WhatsApp of... Um, <laughs> Like more secure WhatsApp. Yeah, rather than more secure um, WhatsApp. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's not actually a very, I mean, we're making it sound trivial, but mm. it's actually very integral to the the sort of lubricant of the global financial system because, you know, without it, banks can't really communicate with each other and they can't settle trades, which those trades are actually, you know, they're backed up by a lot of trades in the stock markets and the money markets as well. So if Russia is, you know, if they are taking out of that system, that is really hobbling mm. um, Russia's access to the global financial system, which will make it quite hard for them to recover from what is already a pretty dire situation in the Russian economy as well. I should say yeah. that. I mean, it's only going to get worse, really. Yeah, no, um, there was one note out this morning which suggested 
that removing Russia from the SWIFT system would essentially take out 5% of Russian GDP pretty much mm. immediately. Um, and they're not really in the state to lose 5% of GDP at the moment. We'll come back to you in a minute because we'll talk about what the effect of this might be at home with regards to inflation. But Nick, if you could tee us up with that. Unsurprisingly, today's sent energy markets into you know yet another tiz. Yes, that's right. European benchmarks are up 57% today. Uh, UK 55, uh, equally gloomy figure. Mm. Um, what that means uh, in the immediate future is that we're seeing already early predictions of the consumer price cap being hiked again. Now, prior to the Ukraine-Russia crisis, we had a 15% hike estimated for next October, around £2,100 per year. But Investec have now reported they think that it could go up to £3,000 per year, average mm. household bills, which is a startling contrast to October 2021 <laughs> when it was at 1277 and that yeah. at the time was seen as a seismic figure. Oh, yeah, geopolitical risk and um, cost of living crisis on the way. Again, we'll, we'll come back to that around, around inflation with Jack in just a minute. But before we let you go, Nick, um, oil broke the well, I guess more psychological barrier than anything, but it broke the $100 barrier today um, in early trading. Yeah, first time since 2014. Um, the prices are not unexpected, but nevertheless, it is a significant milestone that's been achieved. And it does um, not seem as though these prices are going to um, go down. The backwardation on the Brent crude uh, futures is not suggesting it's going to be some sort of drop from this elevated levels. Mm. Um, prices could be normalized now at over $100 per barrel for the short to medium term, at least. Yeah, which does very little for Britain's fuel prices. Just the reason, obviously, that oil's going up, just to, to clarify, is, well, it's twofold, really, right? Right. Um, one is issues around supply of oil from Russia, mm. and the second is that supplies around the Black Sea and Odessa could be disrupted as well. Yes, that's right. There's definite concern about the tightening supplies in an already tight market. Mm. Alongside the Russia-Ukraine shortening of supplies, there's also OPEC Plus consistently missing their targets, which mm. provides a very unattractive background to an escalating crisis. Yeah, petrol prices already going up today in the UK. Um, Jared, we'll come back to you. You've been listening to Rishi Sunak this afternoon, mm. um, offering a bit of a treatise on his views on economic markets. Um, but interesting as that is, the one thing that's going to be bothering him and bothering the governor of the Bank of England for the foreseeable is, is runaway inflation. Energy prices going up on the wholesale market today. Mm. Nick's warning there via Investec of the price cap hitting as much as £3,000 a year by October. Um, there's various other people talking about potentially inflation now peaking well over 8% as a result of what's happened effectively in the last 24 hours. Yeah. It's, again, it does sound glib because the real victims of this are the people of Ukraine, but my goodness, the UK economy could have done without further inflationary pressure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, there's going to be frantic scribbling across the city um, today of people reworking their inflation forecasts. I imagine none more so the Bank of England, mm. um, who have already got it at 7.25% um, peaking in April. Um, most people now would probably say are going to are going to say it's going to top 8%. Um, I think, you know, this really is an indication as, as to, you know, we, we, the wider point here is that a lot of people have made uh, the point that obviously globalisation has kept inflation low for many years. We've not seen inflation rates of this kind for decades. Um, but today is also it's it's almost a start reminder of that the global economy is so interlinked and is so capable of importing inflation from from countries which are you know almost have a monopoly on mm. um, producing commodities like Russia does that it's gonna ripple out 
across the developed world. And obviously in Europe, it's going to, it's going to spike gas prices. And we're not as reliant on Russian gas as Europe are, but the prices that we, we buy gas for are set in the European market, which as Nick was obviously alluding to, they're already spiking. Mm. They're only going to go higher. Um, and that is going to have quite severe consequences for um, household living standards in this country. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, Nick, Jack, thanks. Um, away from Ukraine, there has been some corporate news elsewhere, which I'll leave you with before we finish up for today. Lloyd's has become the latest lending giant to post a bumper annual profit haul after releasing COVID bad loan provisions. The group reported pre-tax profits surging up to $6.9 billion in 2021, up from $1.2 billion the previous year. And of course, much of that addition uh, helped by the UK economic recovery and also by those COVID bad loans being brought back onto balance sheet. Lending giants said results are boosted book to £1.2 billion credit from those bad debts. It is worth saying, of course, that interest rates going up does help the banks in some ways, because at Co-op, it's been a sharp rebound in mortgage lending amid a rampant UK housing market, in large part driven by a very low interest rate, um, that's driven the Co-op bank uh, back towards profit. This is, of course, the Manchester-based bank, which has had a quite extraordinary few years, even going back to uh, some rather lurid tabloid headlines a few years ago. Uh, the bank reported a near threefold increase in net mortgage lending, and it pushed profits up to over £30 million. And energy giant Centrica recorded a major jump in profits today as it looked to have shrugged off the worst of the energy crisis that put many of its smaller rivals out of business. British gas owners said adjusted operating profits hit just shy of a billion quid for the year, up 112% on 2020. Group also bolstered its balance sheet last year, closing 2021 with a 0.7 billion net cash uh, pile compared to net debt of 3 billion at the start of the year. That's all from me. I hope we'll be back with better news uh, next week. I unfortunately doubt it. Tomorrow, though, we'll have a tech special with Nassan De Silva and his team of crypto and tech reporters and correspondents. For me, that's me for the week. Have a good weekend.